It's me, Typhoid Mary. I mean, you know, Cindy. But yeah, I got COVID, or I have COVID, or I had COVID. I'm not sure. I mean, I know I took a test, but I knew that by the time I took the test that I had COVID. It wasn't really much of a question. I mean, it could have been a miracle. I could have been wrong. Maybe I was totally healthy. It wasn't going to happen. You know, I got the vaccination. And when I had the vaccination, I had a reaction to it. Like kind of the flu was pretty miserable. And then when I got the booster, I had, you know, a reaction to it, like the flu. But it was, you know, bearable. Although I remember thinking, man, if this is what COVID's like, I don't want COVID. Then I get, uh, you know, the second va- the second booster. And I get sick again. And I'm like, man, if this is what COVID's like. I don't want to get COVID. So the other night when I started feeling like I'd just gotten a booster, <laughs> I knew I was in trouble. It's kind of weird, you know, when you think about all the flus and colds and bronchial stuff and whatever other assortment of ill health you've suffered in your lifetime. Most of it doesn't have a name. Most of it's like, I got a flu, I got a cold. You're not like, you know, Jerry or Tom or, you know, whatever. But here we have this thing, and when we get it, it's got a name. So you can say to people, not like, oh, I'm not feeling well, but you have to go, I have COVID. Because now that you've acquired it, you have to let everybody that you've seen in the past, however long, depending on your conscience and science and what you've read and what people tell you and how many people you've seen, you got to let everybody know, hey, it's me, Cindy, I have COVID. They're like, oh, Or they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I do have to say most of my friends have been remarkably, remarkably thoughtful. Adele, who when she got COVID, I said, wow, I'm really sorry you have COVID. Sent me a text, check your front step. There was a thing of vegetable soup on my front step. I thought, she's so much a better friend than I am. And then, you know, you get the people who go, oh, I hope I don't get that. none of my friends said that out loud, but I do know some people, had I seen them and had to give them the heads up, they would have said, oh, I hope I don't get it. But, you know, obviously those aren't even people I spend time with anymore when I think about it. The people who would be like, I hope I don't get it, aren't really in my social circle anymore, which just gives you an idea of how effective I've been at cleaning out the negative from my life. Yay me. Anyway, it's been an odd couple of days, three, four, five days. I should be keeping track because I know at some point I'm going to want to rejoin society or, you know, the social world, maybe not society in general, not like Pinky's thrust out sip and tea, which is how society (laughs) sounds to me. But anyway, it's been a couple, it's been four or five days, I guess, since I got sick. And uh, it's been weird because I'm not sick very often. And when I am, I bounce back mighty quick. And I know that I've spent the last three and a half years thinking to myself, not even saying out loud, but thinking to myself, you know, I bet you I'm just immune to COVID because everyone, almost everyone else I know has gotten it except me. And when I told Lane I had it, she said, you know, I bet I'm just immune to COVID. And I screamed, knock on wood, because now I feel like maybe immune to COVID is more a myth or wishful thinking or just a situation of timing than it is a hardcore reality. Apparently, there are dozens of people in my local town who have uh, COVID right now. Dozens that I know about, at least. And others that I, over, that I overhear, oh, so-and-so, oh, that person has COVID. Oh, her and her husband, they got, oh. But, you know, I have to say, thanks to the vaccination and the booster and the other booster, 
and maybe the booster that I didn't get yet, but will, even though I know it's going to give me a feeling for a day that I'm sick. I think there's been a big difference between getting it now and if I would have gotten it two years, three years ago, when it would have been horrifying and terrifying and possibly deadly. Anyway, I realized as I was chewing on a piece of cardboard today that I don't have any taste anymore, which is the, maybe the most heartbreaking thing of all. I love having taste buds. My taste buds are some of my best friends. Well, look at all they do for me and how long they've stuck with me, come thick or thin. But they're apparently, you know, just checking out for the time being, putting their little feet up and taking some time off. Because I'm eating stuff and going, I hope this is still good. <laughs> I mean, I've told you about my refrigerator. It's like Tetris. It's like Tetris with food. Like incredibly well packed so that there isn't a free square inch to slip in one more Hershey bar. And I've had to start pulling things out and looking at them and looking for visible signs of science project because I can no longer rely on, well, does it still smell good? Or even, well, does it still taste good? So I just had some chicken salad that's been in there for a couple of days and it looked okay. And I can't tell if it was good or not. I mean, I may find out at some point in the future that it wasn't. I know I pulled out a jar of roasted peppers that they were clearly a science experiment on the most graduate scale of things. Anyway, yeah, I got rid of those. And I got rid of the sour cream. Oh, October 15th. Let's see, that's nine days past the date. I wonder how it's... Ah! Yeah, no, sour cream had to go too. And what's funny is I've thrown out like two bags of food from my refrigerator, things that I could qualify were bad because, of course, having COVID the first couple of days, I just wasn't eating anything. It was all I could do to stay awake for 10 minutes. So anyway, I cleaned out the refrigerator. I threw out like two bags of stuff, and then I opened up the door of the refrigerator expecting to see like, you know, something akin to the cold Sahara Desert, and it's still jam-packed with stuff. That all stuff is maybe some of it's good and some of it is not good and I just won't know that for a while. Or if I eat it and it's bad, then I will know. You know, it's a confusing thing. Sometimes it's just confusing trying to manage food. It's why I doesn't, it's why I don't do that for a living. You know what I do for a living? I talk for a living. You know how this has been? It means I'm not working. It means I'm not doing any voice work because well, I mean, today I sound pretty fabulous. <laughs> today at least I can laugh without choking. That's a big plus. But I couldn't even, you know, I just couldn't even muster up the energy to get a sentence. And if I did a sentence, I'd have to stop for a big breath in the middle. So yeah, not doing that. It's been an interesting couple of days, like I said. I decided to watch Project Runway. The season, the very first season. Have you ever seen it? The very first season when it came out, I was intrigued by the idea that it's fashion designers who are challenged to create clothes based on whatever the weekly thing is. Like the very first episode. Maybe I told you about this before because it was, it was what hooked me. They say to the 12 designers, okay, our first thing is we're going to create an, a party even, an evening gown, a party gown. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to a store 
And everything that you can need to create this gown is in that store. And it'll just be up to you to pick out what you want and to do the design. And they go down an escalator and they find themselves in the middle of a Gristides in Manhattan. And they're all looking around going, Ooh, it's food, what are we supposed to do? And one guy who had very little sense of creativity bought some shower curtains and made a dress out of shower curtains. He didn't win. And one guy made, <laughs> made a dress out of a black plastic bag and then created a what he called a stunning tailored jacket to go over it, but in actuality was butcher paper with a lining of aluminum foil. And he went home... So he did not win. He didn't just not win. He lost. But the guy who won got a, a bag full of ears of corn and shucked the corn and took the corn husks and wove a bodice and a skirt and made this what would have been an adorable little dress. I mean, it got kind of dried out, but they gave it to him for that because it was so clever and so creative. And the idea of it was so good. And the line of the dress was so good. Anyway, so I watched the whole first season. The whole first season. That's right. I just said that. And now I think maybe I won't go back for season two right away. But here are some of the things I noticed about Project Runway, because that's going back to when Heidi Klum was like 12. I mean, the show's been on in different iterations, maybe 15 years, maybe more. And when she first started on the show and she came out to hostess, hi, it's me, Heidi Klum, and here's today's challenge, and here's what we're going to do. She just wanted a kiss t-shirt and a pair of rolled up blue jeans. And I'm like, whoa, Heidi, casual wear. Now, Heidi Klum is to the nines in the chicest, coolest, whateverest thing that she can find to walk out in front of people to dazzle them with how fashionable she is. Then she either wasn't fashionable or it just really didn't matter. Or she was so busy hoping it was going to work that she didn't have time to think, what's Heidi going to wear? Anyway, so I did that. I haven't watched a whole lot of other TV because, you know, like I've said before, you just don't know what's on. I'm sure there's stuff there that I haven't seen yet. Oh, I did start to watch a movie called Phil. If you see that it's uh, on somewhere, it's Greg Kinnear and Emily Mortimer. Don't even bother. Just don't even bother watching it. And I don't say that about movies often. And it wasn't because it was terrifying or bloody or too scary. It was because it was a really poorly done movie. Now, I like Greg Kinnear. I think he's a pretty good actor. And I like... Uh, I like how he interprets his characters. And I like Emily Mortimer. She was in the newsroom, the Aaron Sorkin show on HBO. I loved her. I thought she was great. But in this thing, in this show, he plays a depressed guy who, it's, it's just wor not worth it. But let me just say this, okay? The scene, the opening scene, he's getting ready to kill himself. And he jumps up on a bridge and he jumps in and then it cuts to him standing there. He hasn't actually jumped in yet. He was just imagining if he had jumped in. And then he gets down and he goes home. And then he meets this guy who says, oh, blah, blah, blah. Everybody should be happy. And then midway through the movie, he goes to the bridge. And I go, well, wait, he's going to try to kill himself again? But it turns out that he's going back to the bridge the first time that what we saw at the beginning 
was midway through the story. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little too much work for me to try to follow. So at that point, I turned off the TV. Here's another thing that's interesting. Here's what I did in, in my COVID days. I decided to use the Target drive-up service because the dogs are almost out of dog food. And I don't want to die here and have them eat my flesh. I want to make sure that there's plenty of, plenty of food should things go bad. Or, you know, I just want to make sure there's plenty of food. That's Ruby weighing in. Yeah, food. Right. We love food. So I go online and I order all the stuff. Two half gallons of milk, because God forbid I run low on milk. A loaf of rye bread, because you got to have something to put the cardboard in between. And uh, the bag of dog food. And then I, then I get the email, oh, your order's ready, click here and say you're on your way. Now, I live about three minutes from Target, by car. If I walked, it'd be five minutes, but I'm not walking, you know, I'm sick. So I click, I'm leaving now, and I'll be there in 12 minutes. I figure I can put my shoes on, I can take my time walking to the car, I can get there, I can chill for a couple minutes, get in the car, go, pull in, now you're supposed to hit the thing going, I'm here. I have no internet service. I know, it's Target. They have Wi-Fi at Target. So I have to get out of the car and walk up towards the building till finally it connects to Wi-Fi. And then it says, it doesn't say I'm here, it says I'm on my way. So I click I'm on my way. And then I go, well, that's great because now it's another 12 minutes. And then I go, wait a minute, I don't have a green car. They're going to be looking for a green car. That was last year's car. I have a champagne color car or beige, if you want to call it beige. It's much prettier than beige. So I have to edit that. And then it goes, instead of, okay, great, we're coming right out. It goes, let us know when you're on your way. <laughs> now I'm gone. You guys are really messing with me and you're making me mad. So I have to go stand by the building again and I click, I'm on my way. And then it says, we can do your exact location. So I go, okay, just this once, only once my exact location. And I click exact location and it goes, I'm here. And I click, I'm here. And then it says to me, whoa, that was quick. <laughs> so I go back in the car and this guy comes out. Hi, ma'am, how you doing? Which makes me feel like somebody's grandmother. I'm not anybody's grandmother, but only because my daughters don't want kids. Hi, sir. How are you? I say, put it in the back seat. Thanks. He was lovely. He was adorable. I mean, I guess I'd be pretty happy, too, if I got to leave work and walk outside, even if I am just putting groceries in somebody's car. And then I came home, and I made myself a cardboard sandwich with spinach on it to give that cardboard a little extra crunch. And uh, I'm hoping that the chicken salad wasn't bad. And I'm hoping that in the next day or two, I continue to improve because I don't want to be typhoid Mary anymore. I mean, I love that people are calling to see how I'm feeling, but I don't want them doing that anymore because I just want to be feeling fine. And mostly, I just want to be able to taste chocolate again. Anyway, you can hear more of my whining and observations if you want. The It's Me Cindy podcast is available. You can subscribe to it. Because really, ultimately, I just want everybody to be happy and, you know, healthy, if that's not asking for too much. Thanks for listening.